So today we are in conversation number three from the self-reflection conversation section, the prepare yourself to lead change conversation. So this is the last one in the self-reflection conversations of the three. Last time we were talking about that personal change journey and before that, the um, personality preferences conversation. And so both of those things really lead into this conversation of all right, so now I am the leader, I have to lead change. And this may be a change that I've chosen um, to, to lead and I've instigated, or it may be a change that is imposed on me. And I'm a, a manager or a leader in an organization where there's a change coming and I've got a team to lead through it. Um, so regardless of whether it's been imposed or I've chosen it, I need to figure out how am I going to lead through this change and lead my team through this change. Great. And I love how these conversations really do build on top of each other. You know, it starts by learning a little bit about yourself with sort of MBTI and figuring out who you are, figuring out how you've gone through changes in the past. So yeah, I think that this third conversation really builds well in the first two. Excellent. And this one, there's actually a worksheet on our website, www.actionimpactmovement.com on the front page you can download what's called the change leader checklist and it's all of the questions from the prepare yourself to lead conversation uh, to walk yourself through it so you can download that today uh, so to set some context though so the as you know and i know you worked through it this week the prepare yourself to lead conversation it really stems from uh, the model of the ABC transition roadmap. So that is the model that I've developed for leading change um, and taking people through change that's part of this book. And you can find that too in the book. It's in that worksheet that I just mentioned and it's also in the book on page 22. Uh, so the premise of the ABC transition roadmap is what are all the mental locations of the objectives that need to be met to get people through change successfully? So we'll, get, we'll talk about this a little bit, and then we're going to work through the conversations that align uh, and the questions that align to that. So A of ABC is awareness. You need to build awareness um, for people so that they understand what's coming, right? What is the change that's coming their way? How are they going to be impacted, et cetera? Then B has two things, buy-in and belief. So buy-in is understanding what is that impact that's going to be on me, my team, my department. Um, and and do I buy into that? Do I think it's a good idea that we're going to do this change? Or do I think, I may not think it's a good idea, but in the grand scheme of things, do I believe that it's going to benefit the organization? Because really when we're making change, hopefully that's what's happening. And if there's benefits to the organization, um, you know, people will benefit as well in some capacity. Uh, and so that's the buy-in piece. And then you have to believe. So you know, there's lots of change models out there and belief is in a lot of them. Um, because if you don't believe that you can actually make change, you're absolutely correct, you cannot. I give a reference to, I give a couple of references to marathons uh, in the book. And this one is running a marathon. So if you don't believe that you can actually run a marathon, you're correct. Um, and so you need to believe that you can actually finish that. Obviously you need to do some training and practice, which we'll talk about in a second, but you need to have the belief that you can make this happen. I always love that quote, whether you believe you can or believe you can't, you're right. Exactly. It's <laughs> a great quote. Exactly. Uh, so the next, so that's the A's and the B's. The C comes in two sets. So the first one is capability and capacity. So if I go back to the marathon running, do I have the capability 
to actually run the marathon. So I may believe that, oh yeah, I can totally run a marathon. Um, but if I can only run around the block right now, I don't have the capability yet to do it. So you need to train, you need to eat right, you need to you know, have the right equipment, et cetera. And this is the same in organizations. You need to train people, give them the right tools, the right coaching, um, so that they're capable of doing whatever it is that they need to do more, better, or differently because of this change. The second piece of that is capacity. And this is the one that I see missed in many organizations uh, trying to make changes. We just pile things on to people's day jobs. And so we expect you to make change off the side of your desk. You hear a lot. And, and really, we know it's not going to happen. People are already at max capacity. And so if we don't take anything off the table um, or away from their job list, um, they're not going to have time to do whatever new it is that you're hoping that they will do. So you really need to look at capacity building um, in that. And then the, the last set of C's are commitment and continuation. So absolutely our goal with making change is to get people committed to it and not just compliant to say, you know, they're going through the motions of using the new tool or process or, or whatever, um, but they're actually committed to using it, learning how to use it, improving their use of whatever it is that's new, um, et cetera. And I always say, don't be fooled here because people will revert back to what their old ways were. Uh, I have an activity that I always use that uncover what's called the seven dynamics of change. And you know, one of the last things is people change things about themselves. So we do activity, you like take things off, you put things on, you do things different, you flip up your hair, you do whatever. And always at the end, people go back to the way they already were, even though they've never gotten that instruction to go back to the way that you already were. Um, they always do, right? Because we go back to what's comfortable for us. So well, if you want commitment. Isn't that, I'm sorry, I was just gonna say, isn't that one of the, the laws of uh, Newton's laws that inertia, isn't it? Things like to go back to what they've always been doing, right? That's, That's right. Just, I think it really is not only human nature, but it's science. But things yeah. just wanna revert <laughs> back to what they've always been doing. Exactly, exactly. So that is the continuation part of commitment and continuation. So yes, they're in, they're committed to doing it. It's like New Year's resolutioners, right? So I am committed the month of January at the gym all the time. However, come the month of February, when maybe I haven't seen the results as fast as I wanted to, or just not really enjoying it, um, my interest and my commitment wanes. And so what do you have to reinforce this to build continuation? You want people to continue working in the new way. You want them to continue to make decisions um, based on the new direction that you're going. And uh, so you need to reinforce that. So that's commitment and continuation. So that's the ABC transition roadmap to get you to your desired results, awareness, buy-in, belief, capability and capacity and commitment and continuation. So as we use this model, we're gonna go through the prepare yourself to lead conversation. Are you ready? Absolutely, looking forward to it. Okay, let's do it. So the purpose of this conversation is exactly that, prepare yourself to lead. So you are going to be leading, this or leading a group, leading a team, again, whether you've chosen it or it's imposed on you, you need to decide that you're going to lead this and you're gonna do an amazing job. So taking into consideration your Myers-Briggs type, which we talked about um, in the personality preferences conversation, um, as well as your response to past changes, which was our last conversation on the personal change journey, um, it's time to decide sort of what you need to be able to lead effectively. So 
we go through seven questions on this that align to those seven um, steps in the ABC transition roadmap we just talked to. So I think you've gone through this and you've got you've got sort of an idea of uh, a trans or a transition that you've gone through, right? That you're going to respond with today. Yeah. So I was thinking about you know I answered the questions in general first based on the the past two conversations that we've had, and then I was thinking um, specifically about my own personal ABC transition roadmap when it came to uh, a change that I had. And so the change that I was thinking about in the context of this uh, in our conversation today was my transitioning to remote work. And many people across the globe have transitioned to remote work over the last year. I actually made the remote transition um, uh, before then. I had a, a fairly long commute to work and um, I decided in discussion with my, uh, with my leader that I wanted to transition to remote work back in 2019. So I did it a year before many other people did it and so kind of had that in my in my thinking as I as I was going through these questions so you know happy to just kind of walk through um each of them so so the first one was, so so let me just point out for one sec sorry the so you made that transition first um to remote work and then you know when it came when COVID came along obviously and everybody's transitioning to remote work you've already got that experience you've got that past change experience of what it was like for you and now you're able to lead your team through that so again not a change that if you chose this change so you've gone through it but now you've got this change imposed on your team members and so now hopefully you're able to lead them through it successfully as well so so yeah, if we look at the first one, so building awareness, right? And thinking about how do you build your own awareness of the change? So you know what's going on and what information do you want? So what were you thinking there? Yeah, and actually I really like that you made the point because again, upon reflection, I will be completely honest. I didn't think about it in advance when I made my transition or when my team made their transition to remote work. I, I wish I had maybe had done this a little better. Um, but I think upon reflection, certainly I was able to share with them some of my own personal learnings. Um, so yeah, the awareness for me, you know, how will I build my awareness? What information will I need? Uh, you know, again, this was a change that I was choosing for myself. So, but again, thinking back to the other discussions that we have had, I knew I needed to think about the big picture. How does this hook into the big picture of my life? This is going to um, improve my life because I won't be in the car for three hours a day because I'll be able to take my kids to school when I need to. So building the awareness of what the benefits to me would be were very important. Um, also hooking it up to my values, which I recognize in, in the previous discussions are very important to me. So again, you know, that value of just the flexibility that I'd have, my family, my uh, ability to connect in with the family. Um, also thinking through, uh, you know, I, I thought through the benefits. I don't think that I thought through on the awareness side what some of the challenges would be. And that was something that I was able to talk to my team members about when they started to work remotely. I was able to say to them, look, I made this transition a year ago and it was very new for our organization. It was um, 
a bit out of sight, out of mind. I was very used to being able to just walk around to all the offices, check in with people, see what was happening. When I wasn't there, people didn't always pick up the phone and connect with me. So that was one of the things on an awareness level, I was able to, to speak with my team members about that did help, you know, thinking through this, having done it myself, helped me to prepare my team members to say, look, you may have to to try just a little bit harder because you're not gonna bump into people in the elevator or in the bathroom. So you will have to be very conscious of picking up the phone and making sure that you're connecting in with people. So um, so yeah, that was the awareness process that I went through myself. And then a little bit of what I, maybe not uh, consciously or as intentionally as I should have, uh, but that I did go through with my team. Awesome. That was, that was very good. <laughs> Very good building awareness for yourself. Uh, all right, so then you move. So exactly. So I, as a leader, how am I going to make sure that I'm aware of what's happening and how does this fit in? What sort of information do, am I going to need so that I can lead this? Because as I say in, in the, you know, being a successful leader during change chapter is you are the first one to get questions, to feel people's frustrations, et cetera, and to feel like you need to be able to answer them. So thinking about how do I get the information that I need to be able to lead? Second one comes with buy-in. What will enable me to buy into this change and what impacts do I wanna know about? So yeah, on this one, you know what, and so personally I was thinking about what would enable me to buy into the change? Um, and I certainly wanted to know what the impacts were, you know, what are going to, what's going to be the same, um, what's going to be different. When I was thinking again about my specific change related to working remotely, I thought through that I would want to understand what the expectations were. How would the expectations differ from my currently working in the office? Um, how would the workload potentially change? And those were the types of information that I felt were important to me uh, when, I when I was thinking about buy-in. And then I think those types of information were important to my team members as well. As I look back on when we started to work remotely with the team members, I did have a number of discussions with them about that, about workload. I think a lot of people are hearing now, you never, you never leave work because work is right there every day. So I did have extension, extensive discussions with them about that, uh, helping them to understand uh, what what would be expected of them when they were working from home, asking them questions about what their concerns were um, to try and build that, uh, to try and build that buy-in. And those two things, expectations and workload are so key. I think, you know, that's what people want to know to buy in. So if, if you tell me, well, the expectations are going to be higher, um, whether that's working from home or some other change, and the workload's going to be more, my, you know, idea of buying in, my thought about buying in is not really going to happen. I'm not, I'm not going to buy into that. I'm not looking for more. Usually, you know, we're not looking for more workload because I'm already sort of at max capacity. Um, so knowing the expectations and knowing impacts on work and workload are really key things to explain to people uh, so to get them to buy in. And we have conversations when we get to the engagement conversations, um, we actually have a conversation called the impact conversation. So you can have that with your people to understand what's, what's going to happen. Okay, so you're bought in. So, so now what? Belief. Um, what's going to make me believe that this change is actually possible? 
you know, are you someone who needs who needs facts about something or research, um, inspiration from somewhere, the demonstration of something, or even just you know trying it out for yourself? What did what made you believe that this was going to be a good change? Yeah, I really liked this question. I liked the examples because it had me think about what do I need to believe? And again, looking back at conversations, the first converse, first conversation that we had is for me, it's my gut. <laughs> so I don't need facts. I don't necessarily need data. I don't need reports that tell me how much more productive people are when they work <laughs> remotely. I just need to know that for myself, my gut says, yep, yeah, this is what you need to do. So that was what I needed to believe. Then I absolutely recognize that my team members, it's not the same. Uh, also, you know, there I can't just say, come on, guys, you can do it. Just listen to your gut. Uh, I mean, it was a little bit different this particular piece working remotely because we just we, we sort of had to do it. There was external context that meant that people couldn't go into the office. But with some of the things that I was thinking through was in other changes, having senior leaders buy in. I find very, very valuable. So, and it was helpful. Certainly I had been through the change already, but even you know, our CEO speaking to team members about the importance of this change, the need to do it, you know, hooking it to obviously safety and to the global pandemic, I think helped, helped people believe that, uh, believe that it needed to happen. Um, but helping them believe that it could, that they could be successful you know, some of the comments that I made were direction from leaders that I trust. So yes, having senior leaders say that it, it is important that we need to do it, but having some direction from leaders that I trust, uh, other people who've done it before, again, hooking it to a broader vision or broader values. And the other comment that I made here is just, I really, in my experience, I believe in an organizational context that a change is going to uh, work if there's money and resources put behind it. And so that was one of the things for myself. And actually, as I was thinking through the ABC transition roadmap, I maybe didn't put the resources behind it personally that I could have. And I did learn that with my team members. So for instance, I just worked on my laptop for the first six or eight months that I was remote. I finally then said, okay, wait a minute, go and get a monitor, go and get a keyboard, do those types of things. So then that was a learning for me that when my team members were going remote, I said, hey, get the get what you need to so that you can actually successfully do this change. So I think that that's hooked in some way to belief. And even that's, you know, a, a case of just, you know, acting the part. If I've got my home office set up, then I'm much more likely to believe that I'm going to be successful working remotely. Exactly. That's a bit of the buy-in, bit of the belief, right? That you go, okay, I've set myself up for success. So I believe that this is possible. I love that you use the term in my experience. You know, that's one of my favorites when we <laughs> talked about Myers-Briggs last week. You're right. You know, belief can be generated for the organization if the people see money and resources being put against this versus just you know, hoping in a prayer, praying, praying that it's going to happen. So that's a great example. All right. You're aware, you're bought in as the leader, you believe, and now you need to have the capability to do something. So, you know, thinking about this, and I know we're talking about remote work and, you know, how do I make myself capable of doing remote work? We can, there's definitely some things around that. And you think in other changes, you know, new systems, new processes, 
um, that organizations bring in all the time. Like really, how, how am I going to do it? Am I capable of using the new process or new system? And then how am I gonna train my team to do this? So thinking about how have you built your own capability? Um, how do you like to learn too? Because people learn in different ways. And so building that capability needs to happen in different ways for different people. What was your thinking there? And, and that is, you said about how do you like to learn? So I, that's the part that I was thinking about. How do I like to learn? I like to learn by seeing other people do it, by listening. This was a bit of a tough one because I don't necessarily see other people work from home. <laughs> but, uh, you know, in the last year, there's been a lot of samples and examples and suggestions of ways that people can do things. Take a 10 minute walk in the morning to pretend it's your commute to work so you can prepare yourself to get ready for work. One of the things that I did uh, for my team members as well was we had a, a little not really a contest, but just sent around our prepare for work and wind down from work songs. So we sent around in our team's chat, just the songs that we would listen to to get ourselves ready to work and then to wind down at the end of the day. So that was fine of a kind of a fun way to, you know, build our capability just to transition ourselves in and out of work. Uh, also, just for me, I build my capability by doing it. So just coming into the office every day, the office, the home office every day, figuring out what worked for me and what didn't work for me. So the kind of trial and error or a you know, plan, do, study, act cycle is really what I do just naturally in my head. So that's what I needed with regards to capability. Excellent. And I think, you know, the, the change was not being in the office and doing your work. You still know how to do your work, right? Like you're not, you know, you're still typing away on your laptop, still being on calls, et cetera. You know how to do all that stuff. And, and I mean, there's obviously there's things we have to change a bit, figure out kind of how to use the second monitor if you're using it from home, things like that. Um, but also a lot of the things you're talking about is the structure of it. What structures do I need to have in place to be more effective at this? So the beginning and the end of the day songs, you talk about the structure of going out for a walk at a certain point in the day. And I think for some changes, it's it's less about having you know, a different skill and it could be more about putting in the right structures around things um, to, to generate different behavior. Yeah, I love that. You're so good at taking my ramblings and turning it into speaking of structure and putting structure around it. I think that's exactly what it is, though, is provide, especially in the remote work piece, is providing structure to things. And I think that that is really important for all changes, just helping people understand the, the, the structure around what they're going to have to uh, be changing. So that was really, that was a great insight. This is why I love being in conversation, connecting the dots. Um, awesome. Okay, so you're capable, you've got your structure, ca capacity. So how will I create my own personal capacity to lead this change? You know, what do I need to prioritize that question that we all have? What should be on the top of my list I'm prioritizing? Because if I'm now going to lead a change that's something different and I need people to do something more, better or differently, I likely can't continue doing all the things that I'm already doing. There's something's got to give, right? So when you thought about that, where did you get to? Such an important question, probably the most difficult question. And I tend to personally, and I think many leaders probably do, tend to add on and not take away. 
So I absolutely, when I started working remotely, didn't even consider that it would, that I needed to take anything away, that I needed to take any additional time. Um, I do realize now though that things do take time. As I said at the outset, I needed to have more, I needed to schedule time in my calendar just for catch-ups with people, for conversations, uh, just to check in. Those conversations that you just, as I said, have naturally in the elevator on the way up to the office, I was missing out on those. So I had to prioritize those when I hadn't before, but I recognized how really important those were in, in getting my work done. Um, I also had to recognize, I, the other thing that was a, an interesting change for me was the commute, as much as it was long, it was a you know an hour and a half each way, but that was my time. So my time to listen to podcasts or my time to reflect and think about my day. And I had been forced to prioritize that when I was commuting because I, I was in the car, I had to get to and from work. And that dropped out of my schedule when I started working remotely and had a bigger impact on me and on my mental health than I thought. So I needed to sort of sit back and reprioritize that and find now more time in my day to, to put that piece in. So, and, and I think, and even things like as you said, sort of setting up the monitor, figuring out how to work the second monitor. I needed to take some time to, 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 to prioritize those pieces so that I could work comfortably. So that's what I thought about with regards to capacity, but I think definitely any change, this is a really, really important question because back to, as you said earlier, generally we're asked to do changes off the side of our desk and, and I can't count the number of times that I've tried to do that less than successfully. So really want to make sure that I spend some time in conversation with my team members on this question whenever I'm asking them to do some change. And, and not just asking it, and, and this happens all the time, I say, okay, well, what, what can you prioritize? What do you need to drop? Oh, but you still need to do that. And you still need to do this. And you still need to do this, but just add this on. Really having the hard discussion about what can, what's going to have to get pushed off till next month or next year. And that conversation is so key. And that's another engagement conversation, the stop, start, continue conversation. And that's a great one to take to your teams and to the folks out in the field, because they know, they know the things that add value, the activities that they do that add value and don't add value. They already know. They're like, why do we do this activity every day or every week? Because I've never seen any result from it. Um, so really starting to pick those things up and, and take them off the list. And just, you know, talking about, you're talking about the, you know, you have to learn things like learn how, like setting yourself up within the home office, learning how to connect different things and do things differently. This is why I put capability and capacity together because to get, to increase your capability in something, it takes time. I have a friend who is really tech savvy and, you know, she'll, we'll change, we worked on a team together and she would change something, something and she'd say to the team, oh, it's easy. It'll just take you five minutes. It never just takes five minutes, right? To learn something new or do something different. Um, so building in that time to figure out how to do things for the first time, because you're going to have to do it more than once. Uh, and it just, it just takes little bits of time. And you realize that, all these little 15 minutes of extra time to do something, it really adds up. Uh, and so keeping those two things in mind, capability and capacity and making sure they're working hand in hand. Okay, our last two Cs, 
commitment and continue. So on the commitment side, what will cause me to actually commit to this change? And for me, the two things that I wrote down, and again, really relates back to the last conversation is in most cases, commitment for me is once I've made the decision, then I'm pretty committed. I'm pretty, you know, bought in, I've worked my way through and I'm pretty committed. So I was, you know, committed to this change, but also seeing the results and seeing results for me was things like, well, even just, you know, financially, I didn't have the, the commuting bill anymore. I wasn't paying for the, the tolls and the highway and I wasn't paying for the gas. My mental health was better. I was able to spend more time with my, my, time with my kids. I was really seeing those, those results and I wasn't seeing my productivity go down. And uh, those are the types of things, again, that I, I wanna talk to the team about is, uh, you know, what will help them be committed. And it was interesting, actually, we had a corporate town hall a few months after the beginning of the pandemic when everybody had started working remotely. And we asked a variety of questions at that town hall via a survey just about people's uh, commitment, people's productivity, people's interest. And the numbers were really high. People were really quite happy with working remotely. They seemed very committed and comfortable in that uh, in, in that environment. So I think sort of actually just doing it is what can help with commitment and then uh, seeing the results. And people were still seeing that they were able to get work done. And certainly leaders were seeing that their team members were still able to get work done. Despite the fact that the whole world had turned upside down, we were still being just as productive. And in fact, in some cases, more productive. And you know, there's one of the cruxes of change, right? Is that we don't think, we don't believe that it can be different. We don't believe that we can be more productive by working at home. So therefore we never try, um, you know, and, and how often is it the case that you, that you don't do something because you've told yourself no for whatever reason for so long, and then you switch and do, and do it, do whatever this new change is. And you think, why did I not do this before? Um, and that's often the way. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, there's bumps and along the road and things that don't work, et cetera. Um, but like you said, when you start to see results um, and improved results, better results than you were, than you were the, the results that you were hoping you would get from it, um, it really starts to build that commitment of yourself as the leader and of the team. People need to see that it's going to be better or different um, if they're gonna change something. Awesome. So then you have to continue. So continuing the change. Again, don't forget, we don't want people just committed. We want them to continue now to how I always say, uh, continue to make decisions in alignment with the direction that we're going. Uh, so what support will I need to continue this change and continue to make those decisions in the new direction? Yeah, and this, again, I think all these questions are so good. <laughs> they really are. I mean, all of them, it's important to have conversations about all of them. Because for this one, I think that there is definitely, and I've noticed a bit in myself, and I will be honest, a bit in my team members as well, people start to rest on the laurels a little bit, right? Where we were getting really good at sharing our song to to get us ready for work in the morning and, and chatting on the, uh, on the social media or chatting through teams and sending the, the uh, different jokes and things just to stay connected. We've really fallen off that a little bit. We haven't continued so we can rest on our laurels. So I think, 
you know, what will we need? I don't know. I think it's structure probably back to what you said about structure, just setting those expectations that this is what we need to continue to do so that we can stay connected so that we can continue to, you know, work in alignment with this new way of working. Um, also for me, I really like the, the suggestions that you've got here about coaching, mentoring, connections, resources. I think those are good things that I need to think about for myself and for my team, finding articles just on, on continuing to work, work remotely and stay connected in a, in a, in the best way possible. Coaching each other, coaching people saying, what's worked for you? What are you finding challenges with? So I think implementing those will be a really good idea for me and for, uh, for my team member on the, on the continued front, because I don't see this working remote, at least for me personally, I, you know, the intention is to always be remote. And for many of my team members, there will still be a significant remote component. So we want to make sure that we are you know, continuing to uh, continuing with the change in a positive way. Excellent. And I think the, you know, a couple of things you made me think of there is, is the, the benefits, right? What's the continued benefit of, of doing something in a new way or doing something different um, or doing something new? And so I thought of a couple of changes, you know, that we've made or I've done over the last couple of years as well. And one of them that comes to mind is, um, and you've been a part of this, Friday night cocktails with our family, right? That we have done every single Friday since March 27th of 2020. So over a year, every single Friday, we missed one because we were backcountry camping. And, uh, and, and I'm like, why do people keep showing up to that? Because everybody keeps showing up to it. And uh, so you think about, well, why are people so committed to this and continuing this? And I think it's because they get benefit from it. And there's um, that sense of community, I get a benefit. I can't get this anywhere else. Like this is the only place I sort of get this connection to a family um, is what I imagine is going through people's minds, why they keep showing up. Um, it's that anchor at the end of the week. It's my opportunity to eat chips at the end of every week and drink a cocktail, um, which I love. And it sort of closes off the week for me. And it's just an opportunity to see, um, you know, family that we can't see in person right now um, we can see that they're okay and how, how they're doing, et cetera. And so I'm like, okay, so what is it? I get benefit. I continued benefit from this. Um, and I can't get this anywhere else. Cause if I think of other programs or et cetera, that I've been a part of, you know, you, like you say, right. It starts to wane. I'm excited about this. You know, I've joined every week, um, for the first four weeks, but then after that, I don't feel like I'm getting the benefit anymore. I'm not like I can get this you know, whatever it is that I'm getting from this group that I've joined, I can get it somewhere else. Um, and so how do you continue to add value and find value in that and benefit? Uh, and then, you know, if I think of um, mountain biking, so I learned to mountain bike in the last couple of years, love it. And I continue to sign up and take classes um, and to make that change because I love the results that I'm getting. I love that I can get better and I continue to get better with every class that I take. So I'm motivated to continue to take classes. Uh, and then just lastly, so that's the coaching and support too, that reinforcement, um, encouraging people because people like to make progress. So that's one of the biggest things, sort of um, indicators of happiness at work is do I feel like I make progress in a day? Um, and if people don't feel like they're making progress with something, their interest wanes and they'll drop off, right? So 
That was the progress piece was the one that I was going to pick up when you said before as well, because I think that's what keeps a lot of people going on anything, right? I'm getting better. Look at this. I'm making incremental improvements. So I really like as I'm planning through a change, thinking about what those progressive steps may be for my team member, uh, not thinking about going from zero to 100, but maybe having progressive steps that say, okay, and I, you know, it's hard for me to think about what that may look like with regards to working remotely, but maybe there's some things that I could think about for the team to say, okay, this is kind of the first stage of working remote. And actually, you know what, I, we've done it a little bit, you know, first it was pretty clunky with regards to using the teams and we had a hard time and we didn't have our cameras on. Now we've made some progress because now we all have our cameras on, it's getting a little bit more fun. I think I could even think about another step. Maybe we move to having a cocktail hour with, with <laughs> with teams or something or use some of the different features that we have the capability and actually even as I think about that too my larger meetings that we host with all the leaders in the organization I've even seen continued progress in that now we're using some of the bells and whistles with the technology that we just weren't able to do before and that's keeping me engaged and I think keeping other people engaged because they're starting to see new things so yeah I really like that thinking through to help people continue on with the change, let's set some bars or some targets so they can see continued progressive movement. It reminds me of sales training that I think I went through many, many years ago. I just, you know, one of the lines I remember from this trainer was, don't rest on your laurels, always be adding value. Like don't take for granted that you'll always have this, this client account or whatever it is that you're selling. And uh, so, like you say, if we if we're progressing, right? If we're 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 using the tool in a better way, we're getting better at doing something. Um, it's rewarding. Like people really enjoy that to feel like they're getting better at something. Um, but if you continue to use something and there's you're just not seeing the value, or it's the same old, same old, and you know, one more time with feeling, not in a good way, um, then you know people lose interest and drop off. So. Yeah, it's always continuing to find that value, have that benefit, coach people, support people to really help them, uh, you know, through this change. And and for you as the leader, figuring out what is it that I need, how do I get that for me, not just, and then how do I give it to my team? Uh, that's awesome. So that is how you work through the prepare yourself to lead conversation. So again, download a download the change leader checklist, which is this set of questions um, off the website, actionimpactmovement.com. It's on the front page and do that for yourself as the leader. And then the next thing you can do is you can use those same set of questions for your team. How am I going to make my team aware? What's going to make them buy in and believe? How are we going to build capability and capacity? How are we going to build the commitment and the continuation within our team. And you can answer those questions for your team to start to build out your strategy on how to lead change successfully. Fabulous. Always love to have the conversations with you, Jen. Thanks so much for, uh, for taking the time and helping to, helping to walk me through the ABC transition roadmap. Excellent. Until next time. <laughs>